The Run Culture podcast has always been a passion project. It was created to share stories and experiences, to educate runners and to grow the sport. Ultimately, to show that running is cool. The podcast has provided us all opportunities to listen and learn from some interesting people in the running world. Welcome to the Run Culture podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I am an all-out running fan and an accredited running coach, a marathoner myself, and an experienced physiotherapist that specializes in treating runners. So, before we get right into the show, if you have enjoyed any of the previous episodes of the Run Culture podcast and they have added value to your life and you want to support the podcast going into 2021, then we have a Patreon page. It's linked to in the show notes. A small monthly donation will go a heck of a way to keeping the show alive. By doing so, you too can also feel fulfilled that you are doing your bit to promote and grow the sport. Also, for those runners interested or in need, links to my online strength and conditioning course for runners or Run Therapy, my physiotherapy clinic, are also in the show notes. Alas, enough from me. Here's this week's interview. Last week at the 2021 Zadapec Classic in the women's field, Rose Davies and Izzy Bat Doyle both had phenomenal performances. My next two chats and interviews are with both those girls. Both are young and up and coming and both performances were really a changing of the guard in women's distance running. I want the Australian public to get behind both these two. They're both fantastic role models. As you'll hear in the chat today, Izzy Bat-Doyle leaves a pretty busy life. It's quite interesting to hear her journey in the US college system and then how busy she keeps. She's got a balanced life and a really mature uh, mindset to life at such a young age. So yeah, I think, um, yeah, she's a great role model for many runners and especially those up and coming runners in the sport. So without further ado, this is my chat with Izzy Bat Doyle. Hey Izzy. Oh, hi. It says Riley, but it is Izzy. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting um, Riley, Riley maybe to pop up. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, long story, but I um, he uses my computer sometimes, and I had an interview for um, like a uni masters recently. Yeah. And I got lo- I got locked out for like twenty minutes from the interview because they saw Riley Cox, not Isabel Bat Doyle. Oh. And so, like, this whole ordeal. But <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Um, so you're going to finish off your psychology um, degree, is it, this year? Yeah, that's the plan. It's actually a four-year master's and PhD. So yeah, um, kind of signed up for the whole thing. And uh, now that running's going well, um, I'm not too sure if that's the best idea, but we'll <laughs> just wait and see. Yeah, I was um, – yeah, like, I – I've just been looking through your Instagram um, as well, just in research, like for the interview. And yeah. um, gee, you like to keep busy. Like you, yeah, you do heaps of stuff. Um, yeah. It's good. It is good. It's a, I think it's a, um, like a good and bad trait. Because, yeah. Um, I'm definitely not the kind of person who can just sit up and like watch Netflix all day and hang out. Um, but, but, you know, there's obviously um, benefits of being able to just chill out and not do a lot as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Well done um, on your result as Zadapec. That's why I Thank thought you. I'd reach out because um, yeah. it was very impressive. Um, Thanks so much. 
and it was so cool to see like it was so cool to see um yeah you know a young runner like just have a a real real um breakthrough and um and it, yeah on a big stage like that yeah no i was pretty happy with with the result i, I guess i to be honest i have been replaying um the the last few laps for the for the last week and thinking god i wish i could have won it but you know um gotta be happy with what what, what comes out at the end of the day yeah yeah um like that was it was a good battle actually um like it was like I, I was watching and i was like oh you look so strong um you looked really good with about five laps to go and and then you hit the front um uh is that how you've won some races before like is that how uh like was that did you like i think i i just listened actually um yesterday to your chat to brady um on okay. inside running and and you said that you raced rose rose um uh, previously over a 5k and she had a lot of wheels over the last 2k um yeah, so you yeah. thought like was that the plan yeah well i think it's it's funny in hindsight because i probably went into that race um without a tech never really truly believing in myself as being like a winner um and so um yeah for me i kind of was going into it like just hang on try and get a good time like you're gonna run a pb if i knew i was fit but i probably never gave myself the real like you can win this kind of chat and so when I actually got into the lead I was like oh my gosh like what's happening <laughs> um but in America I'd won a couple of races um like actually going from like two miles like eight laps to go um and and like kind of front running the last couple of miles so I was more patient than I would have been if I was like really kind of like in it to win it um but I just I knew Rose had such a good kick because she'd come over to SA for a 5k and it was so windy and we ran through 3k together um, a bit off the pace that we wanted but then she just like like I ran 1541 and she ran 1530 and like her last 2k or like 1500 was just phenomenal like she made me look so slow <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I think like I just knew when she like if she was there even within like 400 or 800 like not counting myself out but I just knew like for me I, I ran a 69 last lap like that's really good for me like i'm super impressed to look at that and be like wow like that's great i would very rarely ever break um break that in training um i think like if i probably did an all-out 400 it'd be like 65 so yeah she ran like a 64 or 65 and like that's just what happens you know she's got the speed i didn't quite have those wheels but um i'm definitely someone that will look towards longer events too so the 10k is starting to feel like almost short um so <laughs> i think that's exciting too yeah, and it's so exciting just um, with both you and Rose, like, yeah, because is he a U25 and then Rose was 21? Yeah, um, so, yeah. Like, yeah. I think I'm young, but she's, she's really young. <laughs> yeah, so it's so cool to see, like, it's almost like a, a changing of the guard a little bit um, to see you yeah. guys compete so well with um, Sine Diver, Ali Pashley, yeah. uh, Jen Lacaz. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, so... I still feel pretty young and like I know I've got a lot of years in me so um yeah to be to be running how I am now um yeah hopefully only only more more in the future and that time was that the ninth fastest ever by an Australian over over 10k yeah I, I can't I don't know if it's ninth or tenth um I've heard different things so it's definitely top 10 um yeah so I'm, I'm obviously stoked at that and it's slightly frustrating that you run a top 10 time um, ever, you know, in the country and like, forced on Australian soil, 
and it's still not good enough to make the Olympics. Um, you know, it's it's tough and still not good enough to get any funding. And it's like it's just like <laughs> you know, you have to be so good these days to um, to really make it. Um, but you know, that's okay. And about Tokyo and the Olympics, uh, is that now on your radar? Like, do you like after running that result at Zatopec, um, uh, are you really thinking about that now? Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think even before Sochi, I was. Um, I, I have been, um, to be honest, pretty sceptical that it was going to go ahead, um, and that's why I kind of made the decision last year after kind of not fluffing around. I had to get my degree recognised, and I had to actually I had to wait a year to even study if I wanted to. But um, I was keen to kind of get um, get on with my academic career as well because I was just like, well, what am I doing? You know, uh, is there international races happening? Um, what's going on? But yeah, now it seems like the Olympics was like a massive like goal dream like very far off kind of you know hopefully one day um, but it feels a lot closer now and I really do believe that um, both myself and Rose are capable of running the time um, you know if we were in a race like you get in America at Peyton George or Stanford you just get on that 75 pace and you hang on and you know you've got women running uh, low 31s um, you know even under 31 and it just feels easier when you've got that train to pull you through we were lucky to have that, you know, for the first half, but it, it kind of somewhat fell apart the second half, and it's it's always harder to run, um, you know, run kind of to win it rather than run to get a time. Like when um uh back like uh when in twenty thirteen uh you ran the junior race the three thousand um yeah. and like and then now in twenty twenty one you know you've come second in the senior race um. If you were to put yourself back in 2013, did you ever feel like you were going to be this good? Uh, it's a funny one. Probably not at that stage, no. I um, I was just, you know, really happy to be there. I was really happy to get a scholarship to America. Um, I was probably in it more for the experiences than anything. I think that's, that's a very healthy way of um, looking at the sport, especially when you're younger. Um, I wasn't, you know, I, w I would always be competitive, but I wasn't. I was competitive against myself. I wasn't trying to necessarily win races. So, um, yeah, I was just getting the most out of myself, getting the most out of the sport. But, yeah, in 2013, if you told me if you told me then, you know, you're going you're gonna to be top two, um, you know, in, in the women's race and, you know, be really going for it in a few years, I would have just thought, no, nah, you know, probably not. Like, <laughs> I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, um, I was, in 2013, I was still, like, half in, half out, you know, still being pretty social and I'd been at school this week before and like, you know, what running wasn't my massive focus. So things have changed since then for sure. That's um, really good for a lot of uh, junior runners to hear, I think. Um, uh, just uh, last year, you started a coaching business uh, with your boyfriend, Riley, yeah. Runners One. And um, I was listening to the Inside Running podcast again and you mentioned that one of your passion areas is um, coaching the 18 to 22 year old um, age age group, and because um, a lot of a lot of girls drop out at about then, and um, so I think that's like, can you speak of um, yeah the business that you've started there, and yeah. and how yeah like why you're so passionate about that that age group? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, runners one. We last year um, during COVID. Riley's boss was looking for a bit of direction on his running. Um, he was looking to do some, looking to do Chicago, and then that kind of got cancelled. He was doing some ultra, an ultra. Um, and my mum was running, and they were running together. And then 
Um, suddenly we went from two people in May um, to 110 now. Um, I was out this morning coaching. We get um, we had 60 or 70 people at the session. It's just it's so rewarding to be out there and have such an awesome community. But yeah, I mean, I love coaching um, everyone. Um, Riley really, he's the head coach, writes most of the programs. He's a physio and um, has been really a student of the sport for his whole life. Um, you know, I know I know a lot about running, but nowhere near as much as him. So I'm more of a people person and just communicating and being a role model and um, all of that. But yeah, I love working with um, girls, young women, um, because I feel like, you know, it's just funny. Girls do sport in school and then um, they finish school and suddenly it's just like sport ends for a lot of people. And it's really sad because um, especially females, can be pretty competitive and so if they're not good at it you know and they their life is changing they just kind of give it up for good and um, I'm really keen to encourage more girls and young women um, just to keep active and to keep running and to keep doing things not necessarily at a competitive level um, but just to have fun to you know look after themselves their mental health their physical health and it's been very rewarding to coach some um, younger women who have um, been runners in the past and kind of um, left the sport for a few years, um, had a few different issues um, within sport and then come back to it and find a love of running again in a really like wholesome, nice environment where they feel supported. And so I'm all about creating that environment where people feel um, like they can just be the best version of themselves and it doesn't have to be, you know, as good as they were three years ago or as, as good as, you know, someone that they, they look at in, on Instagram, but just, yeah, having fun and and really just enjoying running especially, but um, I'm, you know, I'd love more um, young women to keep being involved in, in all sports really. Yeah, I could, I could actually, like just in researching for this interview, looking at your Instagram, I could just see um, how busy you are and, and how passionate you are about living that balanced sort of holistic lifestyle. Like there's um, pictures of you doing yoga, balancing on your head, there's, um, uh, you're, you've been a vegan of, of six plus years. Um, uh, I saw that you've, uh, in your US uh, uh, degree, you did a little bit with um, mindfulness and psychology and then nutrition as well. Um, you seem to really appreciate that, uh, yeah, running, uh, what you eat, and, uh, you know, mindfulness, you know, all those little aspects of life are really important. Definitely. I think that I like to take a kind of a whole person um, perspective on anything in life. Um, and uh, yeah, like I did my undergraduate in psychology. Um, I did my honours thesis on mindfulness to kind of um, re reduce anxiety in college students and increase like you know, connection with other people and just a bunch of um pretty much increase good things, decrease the bad things. Um, and yeah, I did my um, minor in nutritional sciences too. So always been interested in food and how that can, um, you know, help you be uh, not just like physically better, but like mentally better as well. Um, and mindfulness, still something I need to work on. I'm, while I like know a lot about it, uh, I need to practice what I preach because I am definitely a person that likes to go, go, go and um, pretty highly strung, can get pretty like anxious myself and pretty stressed. So. Um, knowing a lot about it, um, yeah, definitely need to do more of it. But yeah, I love yoga. I've been doing yoga for probably the last um, almost 10 years um, on and off. But I just think it's really good to be like in touch with um, yourself um, on that kind of those kind of levels as well. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like you do a really good routine. Um, yeah, I saw that sometimes on a Sunday, perhaps after a long run yeah. day and after the week, you sort of yeah. use it to reset. Yeah, I especially, I think since my like mileage ramped up and I was like racing, I've kind of um, let it go just a bit and I just kind of do shorter, uh, more kind of like just um, pre-run uh, sequences to get myself going. But I was for a long time doing yoga every Sunday and I found that a really um, good way to like end the week and then like, yeah, reset. Um, and also in college, um, because I'd kind of cut my mileage in my last six months and I was focusing on just staying healthy, I started doing yoga like probably like three times a week just for 30 minutes. And it, it just was something that really helped um, me. Um, I guess my personality too, I, I will admit, I like to be feeling like I'm improving myself every day um, and even taking half a day off. I've, I've gotten better now, um, but it used to be hard for me. So like, they're like, okay, I'm gonna do 30 minutes of yoga. It's not gonna like make me fitter, but it's gonna be uh, beneficial for my body, my mind, um, everything. So I think it's a good thing to add in. Nice. Um, in November, ish uh, last year um uh riley your boyfriend uh started coaching you um uh how does that arrangement work um uh how does he separate the whole boyfriend versus coach um role um like there's uh, you know several couples that have done it quite well whether it was sarah hall and ryan hall um uh but yeah, what, what led to that sort of decision in November last year? Um, prior to that, you were coached by Adam Didick um, at Team Tempo. And um, how's it all working? Because obviously, uh, initial results at Zatapec look um, like it's going well. Yeah, it is going well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was at college until um, June 2019 and um, had a number of different coaches during that time. Um, and then when I came back to Adelaide, um, I actually had a calcaneus stress fracture. So I was out from running for like six months. And then I spent, yeah, most of 2020 uh, training with Team Tempo and yeah, it was a really good experience, but um, it just uh, got to the point where it was a um, good time to move on and do our own thing. We'd started Runners One a few months earlier and just felt like we wanted to put more energy into that um, that realm and be able to really fully commit to that. So um, yeah, Riley, Jacob and I started doing our own thing and it's really good uh, because we would usually, we coach uh, Friday and Tuesday mornings at 6.30 and we're done by about 7.30, 7.45. And then Riley, Jacob and I, we're like warmed up because we've been running around a little bit from coaching, do a bit more of a warm up, get straight into our session. Um, some days Riley and Jacob would even pace me and then keep doing um, like more of a session afterwards. Um, and then now that we've got some really good guys in our group that we coach, we've got a guy who ran 15.30 just recently and a few more guys around that area who'll probably beat me soon. So um, this morning, actually, two of them jumped in with my session. Um, so that's really helpful to have some guys around to train with. And on Sunday, we still, we ran with Jess Jensen and, um, you know, I catch up with those those, uh, those guys a lot because we're still all really good friends and want the best for each other. Um, but yeah, it just uh, was the right time and it was a good, good decision for us and it seems to have worked out well so far. But um, yeah, had a great, Block of training with uh, Jess and Caitlin at Team Tempo through 2020 as well. So that was good too. Nice. And uh, on the other side, I didn't answer all your question about separating separating relationship from coach. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is tricky. Um, I would say since Riley and I started dating in 2017, um, uh, I have had a lot of injuries since um, in my career and in, when I was in America. And he really helped me uh, with cross training ideas. And, you know, even when I was back running, 
he's always kind of like my sounding board. We live together and, um, you know, we do so much together and we have so many shared interests and um, I really respect the knowledge that he has and he's also been through injuries and, you know, run at a really high level as well. So um, I value what he has to say. I definitely challenge him <laughs> and ask him questions and I annoy him and I know I frustrate him sometimes, but I'm really proud we've been able to start a business together and um you know we started a business together we run together we live together he's coaching me you know it's a lot of things but um i think if you want the best for each other you know that um you just it just works out um but actually since um since launch Eston 10 um in the five it must have been five weeks before zatapec um i was getting sessions from nick Bedore, so the sessions that mpc were doing on a tuesday and so um i would do pretty much um yeah, four or five um, of those track sessions in the lead up to Zatopec. I think there was one week that I was sick, so I missed the session. But um, yeah, so that's been good too. And I found those sessions really helpful because um, they're so like dialed in for 10K race. And I just felt like I got today and I was just so ready to go because I'd done the work. You know, all those sessions on Tuesdays have been 10Ks worth of work on the grass track um, once or twice on the, on the actual track. And yeah, it just kind of came naturally after doing those sessions. Nice, nice. And yeah. so um, is Riley sort of um, uh, coordinating a um, little bit of the coaching responsibilities um, with a few others? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think since we, yeah, since we um, uh, went out on our own, um, we've had a lot of mentors kind of help us. Um, Granville Wood here in SA, um, he's marked out this whole course where, where we've done a couple of sessions. Um, he used to... He's the South Australian marathon record holder, so he's got a lot of wisdom to give to. And um, you know, there's plenty of people in the sport who want to want to share and um, help people uh, be better. But Nick, yeah, has been, um, uh, I guess, providing the sessions, and Riley's been more facilitating them um, and looking after the rest of the week for me. And uh, I'm not um, jumping over to Melbourne or anything. I'm I'm living in SA, so I, I'm always been the person to think that. Um, you know, you, you need to have someone who sees you every day and sees you on the ground. Um, you can be given workouts, but um, it's much more helpful to have someone actually knowing how you're coping, knowing how you're handling it. Because the split can say one thing, but you know, your face, your uh, body language, how you actually look in a session is, is definitely um, just as important. Um, I, like I've, I've had a few experiences with Riley on teams and he's a great guy. Um, yeah. And, uh, He's certainly go, go, go with his running. He just loves it, lives and breathes it. Yeah. Um, you spoke before that you're a bit like that too. Like how do you um, uh, balance that and, and make sure, um, yeah, you're having enough uh, rest days or, or you're not mm. getting carried away with things? Definitely. It is hard. Um, and like I, for one, um, will admit that like taking a rest day for me used to be really difficult um, because I just felt like I wasn't improving. But... Uh, put it into perspective like I hadn't been healthy for more than six months so I'd spent four months not running or however long not running so when I get back running I just want to run every day I'm so you know I'm so excited to be running um but then realizing that you have to kind of absorb the training and um you know not get too carried away now that I've been running healthy for a year I don't often have um a day off running but I do like to make um my easy days pretty easy so I've really slowed down my recovery runs I used to go out my recovery runs, um, you know, straight out the door, 4.15, bang. Um, now it's like we might break five minutes. <laughs> we might break, 
you know, 4.45s after the first couple of Ks, but we start out really slow, um, even Riley as well. Um, actually, usually Riley, but, you know, um, we're like, come on, let's go. Um, but yeah, like, four, like 4.30s, 4.40s, my, my jogs um, makes more of a difference. I feel like I absorb, you know, actually, I actually recover on those days and I'm ready to go um, on the session days. So just prioritising, I think periodising your training and prioritising, okay, if I need to be good for Friday, I really need to go easy Wednesday, Thursday to be good, like, for that session. Nice, Not nice. Just like all out Wednesday, all out Thursday, and then like be cooked for Friday. Is this something that you slowly learnt over time? Like um, I've sort of heard um, you talk about your US experience and um, you went over there initially um, to New York um, to St. John's, I think, college, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then spent a year or two there and then transferred across to Washington State, uh, the Huskies. Yeah. and. Yeah, University of Washington, yeah. Yeah, University of Washington. And, Washington. Yeah. and uh, uh, it sounded like um, some injuries started from 2017 um, and you yeah. got a number of stress fractures. Yeah, yeah. So I was at St. John's for a year and a half, loved it, but um, was Jack Best on the team, didn't really have much uh, room to grow. And I'd made a big risk to go over to America and leave a lot of things behind. So I really wanted to challenge myself. And even at that point, you know, my goal was to be an Olympian. So um, I knew I needed, needed to be pushed along a bit more than just winning races, um, you know, in America. So I went to Washington. Um, I went from being best on the team to eighth on the team. And I was just hanging on in runs and really um, pushing myself and um, had a pretty tough coach and um, did a lot of racing. And yeah, from, um, I was a bit injured at the end of 2016 when I, when I, um, when I, went, when I did my first cross country season. But then um, from then on, I had, yeah, seven stress fractures in, in two years. Um, and the worst of it was um, four, four bones at once breaking in my foot mid-race. So, yeah, it was a pretty rough time. And being on my own in America, um, it, yeah, it's pretty challenging. But um, I've definitely learned a lot. And I think that if I hadn't been through those tough times, I wouldn't be the athlete I am today. And um, I, I came back fitter after cross-training. So, you know, I really believe that you, you can actually get fitter if you, if you put in the work, you know, on the bike or the pool or whatever it is that you do. It sounds like you had, um, you know, a whole range of experiences over in America that you've really um, learnt, learnt from, whether it was all those injuries. Um, uh, but it sounds like you've learnt, learnt a bit from it. What, what, what do you think it was that led to those injuries? Because um, uh, I sort of heard, heard you talk about that, you know, in the college system, everyone's trying to impress the coaches and get selected. And, and so the pace yeah. on a lot of runs seems to be quite quick. Um, there's a lot of races. Um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, people people just um, run absurdly quick for actually where they're at in training um, in college. When I look back at you know what what we were doing or even what people were doing on Strava that I still see, um, but yeah, that that is one of the factors. Um, my mileage bumped up probably a bit quicker than I than it should have been, and we raced every week or every second week. And yeah, as I said, you just you you really you're stressed under pressure, and you're trying to crack, make sure you, you get chosen to go to the meets and you you get in the top seven so you go to nationals and those kind of things and um as it turns out um yeah super lucky to get free shoes but i didn't actually get my feet like checked for a couple of years and i must have um grown when i first first went over because i just kept getting a size eight trainer <laughs> like just you know arrived in my shoe every every month um but i was running in a shoe that was a size too small as it turns out we're a size nine now so um that's got to be a massive factor in it too my, my toes would have been so um, clenched up and then you put spikes on you race in spikes every weekend you're in a shoe that's too small for you I mean recipe for disaster right 
um, in your last six months, you um, had an amazing experience and, uh, yeah, came third at the NCAA uh, 10,000 metres. Um, there was a change of coach, coach at Washington, um, Andy and Marissa Powell, um, yeah, took over and you seem to um, really um, uh, have enjoyed that experience. What, what do you think it was about their coaching style that agreed with you and, and, and why do you reckon um, things started to click? Yeah, I think at one level I was ready to be good. Like I'd been putting in a lot of work for a few years and not seeing the results and I'd been injured and, you know, I um, I, I was ready. I was fit. I'd, I'd done the work. Um, I'd been back in it because I, when I got a fifth year, so you redshirt, I redshirted because I was injured, got a fifth year. I came back to Australia for a couple of months to get a new visa, then I went back. So I'd done some training here um, with Riley um, and the group here. And, um, you know, I went back, I went back fit and I was ready to go. But I just, I loved Maurice and Andy. The environment they created was just incredible. And it, it is hard to describe, but it's, it's that, like, you know, you showed up to practice every day and Marisa um, looked at you in the face, asked you how you were, like, asked about school, you know, asked about, like, you as a person, not just, like, your body or how you felt as a runner. Um, and she just made it fun. Like, she played fun music and, like, you know, hyped us up and made, made me really believe in myself and believe that I was as good as I thought I was. And to have someone actually believe in you um, more than you believe in yourself is very powerful. And they complement each other so well because Marisa is so, like, bubbly and, like, hype queen. And Andy is, like, very, like, kind of, like, you just wouldn't, you don't get much out of him unless, like, he talks, like, unless, yeah. I remember getting a message from him after I ran well, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like this is crazy. Like, well done, Izzy was, like, insane. Um, but, yeah, he's hard to get, like, much out of. But when you do, it's it's very good quality. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're an awesome duo. And um, it shows that they they came from Oregon um, when our old coach um, stepped down and was fired or whatever you want to call it. Um, and like four or five Oregon athletes transferred to Washington to come with them. So that just in itself shows like they are, they, they really invest in their athletes. And I found it very hard to, I only got six months with Marisa as my coach. And, you know, I wish I'd had much more than that. Um, so I found it very hard to leave. Like I was, I was sobbing like every day for the last few weeks because I just I was so attached to her as a coach and I was finally so happy um, kind of in that situation um, and it was very hard to leave. It was the right decision to do so, uh, but I was very torn for some some time before I left and even after I got home um, to Adelaide, I was I was not quite myself for a couple of months because I was missing my friends, missing my life, missing Marisa and like just not sure if I made the right decision. But yeah, as it turns out, I do think it definitely was the best decision for me I had to kind of like um, just break away from that college life but I just I felt like I hadn't I hadn't got as much out of it as I wanted to and I wished I just had years with Andy and Marisa because um, it was just so much fun. Do you still keep in touch with the powers and, and Marissa? Yeah, yeah I do yeah um, it depends on um, week to week but we, we've been speaking most weeks and I was actually she called me after my race um, at that attack and I was running around the tan last Wednesday morning, like, on the phone, like, <laughs> my, my phone, like, talking to her, um, but, yeah, she's, she's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, a fantastic um, insight, because it shows how much um, that um, positive atmosphere and great team culture, um, you know, constitutes to um, great performance, um, yeah. a lot of 
yeah. athletes focus so much on the training that you do and and the type of sessions that you do but um really in, in explaining that you've just sort of focused on on the on um yeah also the just yeah. just the vibe of the whole squad it was yeah it was mainly the vibe i think culture and environment is so important and it has to come from the top and it's like athletes look up to the coaches so like if the coach isn't implementing um good team environment good culture then like shit falls apart like, <laughs> like just, yeah, yeah so uh, yeah they did an awesome job and like i mean training was still hard like it was nothing special it was nothing crazy i'd like I was running like 75 miles a week, um, like 125, 130Ks at most. Um, and like I remember doing some some pretty big sessions, like 12K on the track, but like more like threshold and, you know, some breakdown, um, breakdown kind of mile, two mile, three mile workouts, but really nothing crazy. Like just good solid training, um, good recovery. I was so lucky, so fortunate to get um, weekly massage, even sometimes twice a week. Um, and all those little things really add up. And when you're in the college system, you, you really are trained like a professional. Um, and so you, and you you take it for granted and then you realize afterwards, oh gosh, that was so lucky. Um, but yeah, you're really um, like made to be successful if you just take the opportunities you're given um, and if you've got like a good environment and good coaches too. Yeah, I heard, is there an underwater treadmill there? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because I didn't know it existed for the first three and four years I was there um, because football only use it, it was a football <laughs> stadium. Um, you know, footballers who are injured walking on the treadmill um, underwater because that's necessary. Um, but yeah, so Maurice and Andy um, were often actually getting access to that. Um, they really demanded that like, you know, the, the, the runners um, probably should get access to that. So um, I did that a few times. Um, Marisa would um, get some of the girls who are a little bit more injury prone or even just kind of like upping their mileage to do their doubles on there. Um, yeah, so it wasn't, yeah, it was kind of fun. It wasn't very like hard, um, but it's just kind of that motion of running. And we also had four, four Ultra Gs um, and like an awesome weight room and um, great training room, like with people, athletic trainers always there to help you if you've got any issues. So very fortunate. Um, yeah, just incredible facilities. And that's something that um, while I, I think um, Australia's got a lot to offer in terms of um, athletes still staying, staying here and not going over to the States. Um, you just can't match the facilities um, and the, the sheer money they have to spend on athletics. I'm not sure if COVID's going to change that, but um, at least in my time, that's what I saw. I've heard you mention that uh, 12 by 1 kilometre um, session sort of at 320s or your sort of threshold pace yeah. um, a few times. Uh, it, from that session and the good results um, that sort of came after it, like you felt like you got fit. Is that sort of how you started to learn that um, maybe you're destined for sort of the longer longer events and, and you, you really like those longer events? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because um, my stepdad, who's been pretty instrumental in my running career, um, he, he would say, even when I was younger, you know, either you've got, you've got an engine, you've got an engine mm -hmm. that can keep going. And so I, he would say that I've always been a marathoner from when I was, you know, 12 years old, like I was always going to be a marathoner because I just got better the longer it went. Um, but yeah, I mean, I went to college as a steeplechaser, so I wasn't really necessarily a, a long, long distance runner. And I, I got a bit injured in the steeple and so I got thrown in a 10K um, in 2016 and I ended up qualifying for World Uni Games um, in my first one coming fourth at the um, conference champs. So after that, I just stuck with the 10 because I, I enjoyed it and um, I was good at it. Um, but yeah, I've always handled those longer longer runs, threshold, um, tempo sessions, 
uh, really well. Um, people have one of my college teammates saying I had a third lung and you know, <laughs> always, very, <laughs> always very metronomic in the sense that I could pace um, pace things just like hit 80s, 80s, 80s on um, if we were doing like a tempo or something on the track. But yeah, it's interesting because we've been training for a 5K when I first got to um, back to college in 2019. I broke the indoor record, um, school record in the 5K. Um, and then like two weeks later was the tape, no, sorry, the Stanford invite. And I was like, oh, I'm not quite like 10K fit. Like I'm like, gosh, you know, not quite ready to do, to do a really good 10K. But that one session I did between between running indoor nationals in the 5K and doing the um, Stanford invite, I did the 12K on the track, like the Friday before uh, my race, like a week out or like eight days out or something. And yeah, I just felt like that gave me a lot of confidence because I started out at 320s or so. Um, I had a guy on the team pace me and I cut down to like 308s or something. But um, yeah, just really confident running that pace and just handling uh, more laps on the track. And that's definitely, um, yeah, where I see myself is, is going longer. Nice. Um, what what advice would you have to uh, juniors that uh, are looking at that US college option um, and are unsure whether to um, take take the plunge to, to do that? Um, what advice would you suggest that... Um, like, uh, should that like, how should they ensure that um, they're making the right decision? Yeah, it's a really hard choice. And um, for me, at the time, like, I, I think I said another podcast, like, I probably would have stopped running competitively if I hadn't have gone. So it was an opportunity to keep running and, like, you know, get my degree paid for. And I wasn't, I wanted to do psychology um, or nutrition, but I didn't like have one direct path that I knew I wanted to be um, in terms of my career. So I was pretty happy just to explore and take the opportunities that were given. And I thought, you know what, I'm never going to regret living in another country for four years and having that opportunity. Um, and I think that I was really lucky to have a family that was supportive in that decision. Um, but um, I have said to people in the past, you know, if you want to be, like Riley wanted to be a physio, he didn't go because he was like, I want to be a physio. He saw the path here. It was pretty straight, you know, and now he's been working as a physio for the last year. So that was probably the right decision for him. Um, you know, if you know you want to be a doctor, a physio, a lawyer, something that doesn't really translate as easily, um, you probably, and that's more important than your running your, or your, your athletics, um, you probably should stay here and just see what, what you could do um, with your athletics back in Australia and focusing on getting the study done that you know you want to do. Um, as it turns out, my degree didn't actually get recognised straight away and I had to um, pay a very large amount of money and um, get my degree, like like try and get it recognised, my honours degree. And I. Um, I had to do an appeal and get, you know, just a very long process. And finally it was done and I'm able to do my master's now and move forward. But um, it's a tricky one with getting things um, like recognized from America to Australia. So that's definitely a consideration. Um, I think it's an incredible opportunity and I just don't, I just think as an athlete, um, given so many opportunities over there that you wouldn't get in Australia. However, because of COVID and what's happening now, I would probably say to people, you're better off staying here. Even people who are looking at, like, should I go back? Should I stay here? Like, I'm not sure. Like, we're just better off in Australia right now. We've got races. We've got, you know, you've got things happening. We've got a um, bit more of a stable um, country. Um, so probably in the current um, situation, and even for new people looking at it, I'd say start uni here in Australia. Keep your athletics up. And maybe um, you can go over and do your master's there or, you know, see what it looks like in the next year or two. But, yeah, I, I just don't know what's happening over there at the moment and I'm not sure what it's going to look like in the next couple of years. Izzy, in 10 years' time, um, 
what do you hope to have achieved in running, in life in general? Uh, well, I definitely hope to have made some Australian teams. Um, I would really like to be able to call myself an Olympian in 10 years' time and um, uh, not sure you know, what year that will be and what event that will be in, but I hope that um, in 10 years' time I'll still be running and proud of, um, proud of the achievements that I've I've done and I hopefully I'm still coaching and I've got you know more athletes and I'm helping more people stay in the sport and enjoy running as much as I do um, but yeah I definitely want to make an Olympic team um, I want to have a long career and I think as I said I want to be um, running on the roads in the future so there's no reason why in 10 years time I can't be in the best form of my life running you know a, a marathon um, at the top level so hopefully um, in 10 years time I'll be running a good marathon and I'm very happy still healthy hopefully too. No, fantastic and do you see yourself uh, based in Adelaide uh, for the long term? Yeah it's interesting um, when I went to America like living in New York and then living in Seattle I didn't really think I'd, I'd come back and live at home in Australia and here I am living at home with my parents um, <laughs> but it's what makes sense um, I'm not um, financially able to do anything else at the moment and um, I love Adelaide I think it's a wonderful place to, to train and to run We've got an incredible running community that I wouldn't want to leave behind uh, now that we've formed that. And yeah, it was a great place to grow up. And I think it's just um, a beautiful city and it's a little less busy than Sydney or Melbourne. So, you know, less commuting, less um, less uh, traffic on the roads, that kind of thing. Um, but who knows? I'd be open to um, different opportunities that, that may present themselves over the next few years. But I, I think I'll see Adelaide at the time. Yep. Fantastic. And with um, your psychology degree and you're finishing it off um, and you're doing a PhD, um, where do you see that going? And, and in general, um, what are you really passionate about outside of running? So running aside, um, what do you really, what, what really drives you um, uh, uh, outside of running? Yeah, I think um, like kind of my, like, like I feel that my, my, my life purpose or what you might call it is um, just to help people have like happier and healthier lives. So um, that's what I'm all about, just making people, um, helping people flourish in their life in whatever um, way that is. So yeah, I am planning to start, um, I got into a combined master's and PhD at Flinders University here in Adelaide. That's a four year program and um, my planned PhD um, is on, it's gonna be in clinical psychology. Um, but my PhD is on eating disorders. So um, if that all goes ahead, I'll be doing um, research looking at um, when people are, when someone might be diagnosed with an eating disorder, they're often having to wait two or three months to see someone, um, a psychologist or um, get actual professional help. And so in that two or three months period, it's very, um, it's very dangerous because um, things can get a lot worse often people commit like try and commit suicide or they really decline and so we're looking at what treatments might be available to give to people while they're waiting so like an internet-based um, um, kind of uh, modules uh, like a buddy system a family therapy kind of uh, system to help the family um, be more um, able to assist in helping that person who's struggling so that's re I'm really interested by that uh, my sister um, struggled from really bad eating disorder when she was in school so I saw that firsthand and then being in the sport I've um, lived with and seen um, teammates especially in America who've had really bad eating disorders and I feel like it's just something that I would like to work in and help people who are struggling in that area 
Um, but yeah, so that definitely um, is something I'm very interested in. I admittedly am slightly nervous about starting a master's and PhD while I'm still trying to run at the highest level. Um, when I when I got into the program, I probably wasn't realistically thinking of the Olympics this year. Um, so we'll just have to see what happens. Um, yeah, I look up to people like Marty Heiher and mum who are busy. Um, uh, Marty, who is a fourth year medical student, won the um, recent Marathon of America and has two kids. So, you know, you can do it. You can do a lot of things. Um, but running does take a lot of energy. So um, I'll be interested to see if I can handle that nine to five life with training um, or if I'll have to kind of make a decision at some point. Yeah, I heard you um, uh, answer that question on Inside Running. Um, who, yeah. who are some of your role models? And, and yeah. you said the likes of Jess Stenson, uh, yeah. Lisa Waitman um, and Marty Heiher, all, all busy people that are juggling a lot yeah. of things. Sounds very much like yourself. Yeah, I just think like being a good runner is really impressive, but being a good runner um, and a busy person and, um, you know, doing a lot of things is, is even more impressive. And so... Like, yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed with, like, Marty after he did such a good performance and, like, his story. Like, I listened to, like, four podcasts with him and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's literally, like, gold. Um, but, yeah, it's, I just think that usually if you're, like, a highly functioning person, like, you need to be doing a few different things to um, to keep yourself uh, busy. And, like, like I said, like, I can't just sit down and um, do nothing for the day because I feel like I'm, I haven't been productive. Um, but, yeah, there is a trade-off. Like, I do sometimes burn the candle on both ends and, like, I'm up at six this morning coaching and then doing my big session and then, you know, I double this afternoon. I need to write programs today to finish off the program for the month and, um, you know, then you fit in placement, coursework, writing a PhD. It does get a little bit tricky and cooking dinner for the family, like, whoa, whoa, how many hours in a day? <laughs> but it's all about just um, – I'm a big believer in thinking that balance doesn't really exist, like – you can't you don't need to be balanced um in one day like one day may be like heaps of training and it may look really unbalanced if you look at it another day maybe like heaps of family time or like work and it's not really balanced but over a week or over a month or over a year if your year is balanced then that's that's okay but there are going to be points in the year where running is more important so you're putting in more work here then there are points where your family is a bit more important so maybe you're having to put some more time into your family and then work gets really busy so you know it's just like up and down and I think that daily balance doesn't really need to occur but like overall balance is important well that's a really good message actually um yeah, yeah I was talking to um my um old boss's uh dad a few months ago he was really wise and he said a similar thing he because I, I was, we always have these deep and philosophical conversations, and he was like, um, "Dane, what are the most important five things in your life at the moment?" And yeah, I listed, uh, yeah, family, friends, running, my work, um, health, and he said, um, "You know, over the past three months, uh, have you dedicated an equal amount um, to each of those five categories?" and I, I actually probably I, I said no like I probably focused yeah. on work and running and yeah. and he's like well then you're it's supposed to equal a wheel and it's meant to roll and your yeah. wheel's not rolling <laughs> no I also thought that's a really good analogy and I um I just started reading um Paula Radcliffe's book well I started reading it a while ago but I just uh, you know I get a couple of pages and then something else happens but um, <laughs> there was an analogy about um like you've got like I think three or four balls and um, like two of them are glass, like your health and your family are glass, like 
if you drop them like they'll break and like you know they're very fragile but your career is like a rubber ball you can like throw it to the other side of the room and like it might bounce back you might lose it for a bit and then it'll, you know you can throw it around a bit so i like that analogy too like you know there are certain things that um you know are really important and, and will break if you let them fall apart um, but there are other things that need to be a bit more flexible um and you know you can kind of take a risk sometimes nice um on a similar vein um like for the um up and coming runner uh or the p- person who's just getting into running i'd love to hear just um just ha- shoot some quick fire questions at you um on yeah. on certain topics um and just um yeah hear, hear what you've learned about those topics and and what yeah. you feel like um some of the greatest learnings that you've had um in your career so far um so in terms of injuries just in injuries in general uh what's um some quick fire advice uh take your easy days easy um stay as far away from the injury as possible if you've got a niggle um move the workout to tomorrow like just make sure it's okay there's no point um thrashing yourself um you know for one workout and then not being able to run for six weeks it's better just to take a couple days or even a week and let it settle um that's one thing that i've definitely learned for sure, I could go on, but <laughs> no, that's great. Um, yeah, I think that having that flexibility to change your uh, weekly structure around. Um, yeah. so, so many of us runners just get stuck into, oh, we have oh, to do this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I remember like, going back to college. Like Marisa would ask me, you know, how are you feeling? Is you, you want to work out today? Do you, do you want to do it tomorrow? Like the flexibility is important because like we're not robots. We can't wake up and just always feel good on a Tuesday and a Friday and a Sunday. Like. Sometimes you don't feel good and like you really need to listen to your body because, um, you know, if you're just feeling a bit run down or a bit, you know, like tired, maybe you should slow, slow down a bit. But, you know, if you've got a niggle on your foot or your hamstring or something like, you know, there's a sign there that you, you may be overdoing it. Um, and I think, yeah, pace on the easy days is an important one and also heart rate. Um, you know, if you can read your heart rate and see, oh, like I'm in the 150s on a jog, you're not recovering, like you're not going easy. So you're just going to be cooked the next day. So I, I really, I've only got a wrist heart rate, so it's not probably not that accurate. I don't want to get it scrap, but I have been looking more at my heart rate and just being like, oh, cool, like I'm in the 120s. That's a really, that's a recovery run. Um, 130 is great, recovery run. Nice. And with um, those college days with um, Marissa, like um, would when you were feeling tired, what would she do? Well, usually, I mean, I would just be like, yeah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> kind of like, that's just me, like, you know, and, and usually I was fine um, because I also believe like, as an elite athlete, like you, you can't expect to feel perfect. Like I wake up in bed most days and, you know, I'm a bit like gingerly walking, um, you know, at my old age of 25, <laughs> um, uh, but you know, yeah, it's a trade off between being like, not being soft, but being like, you know, you're not going to feel good every day and that's fine. Like sometimes you have to get on with it. This morning I was like looking at the paces, my workout thinking like, okay, my legs are still a little bit heavy. Like, you know, I'm not sure if I can hit those paces and I didn't, I didn't quite hit them on, on all of them, but it was it's still quality and it's still good effort. Um, so it doesn't always have to be perfect. Uh, you know, don't need to wait another day just to make it perfect. Um, but yeah, there might've been once or twice where I was like, oh, I'm actually really tired. Like, and we shifted the harder workout to, you know, two days later and did more of a tempo um, on that day just to kind of like dust out the cobwebs and feel good. So I think, yeah, just being flexible is important. What about um, uh, with your psychology degree and also um, your experiences as a runner, psychology and mindset? What's the, what, have you learnt some things in, in terms of that area um, throughout your yeah. career that um, you uh, really use now um, that's really benefited you? 
Yeah, I used to get super nervous for races, like sick nervous, like for days beforehand. And like, I still get nervous. Like I was nervous the day before Zabatape, even the week before, um, you know, right before, of course I was nervous. But now I really look at it like, um, I think more, um, I don't get so in my head. So I'm like, everyone else is nervous. I'm, n I'm nervous because I care. I'm nervous because like, I, I want this to go well and it shows that I really care, um, you know, and, and thinking of nerves of being like, that just shows I care and I'm ready. Um, and also being like, when I get to start line, I'm like, wow, like what a great opportunity. I'm here, I'm not injured, I'm not in a boot. I'm not, you know, I get to be here. And also, um, I can't remember who it was I saw it recently, but I really liked this, like, um, you know, I I'm choosing to do this. Like I'm showing up here choosing to do it. So like, I'm nervous, sure. But like, that's just me putting pressure on myself. Like no one else really cares. And I think that also helps. I know people do care, but I tell myself a lot. I'm like, Izzy, no one else cares. Like really, you care. Like. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Like whatever. It's just running. <laughs> now a lot of those reverberate a lot with me. Um I was pretty yeah. similar as a junior. Um yeah, would make myself sick uh with nerves yeah. in, in primary school and then yeah. you s soon get a better grasp but it's not the end of the world and No. Uh, yeah. And also for me like I, I came to realise that um like one race doesn't define you. Um, you know, one race doesn't make you really good or make you really bad. Like, I've done really well last week. That's great. But, like, I still need to keep performing people to, like, to be a really good runner. Um, and so it's like, you know, you are a, um, you the accumulation of a lot of things, not just one performance. So that's really important to remember, too. Like, it feels like it's everything at the moment. But really, it's just, you know, one part, part of the puzzle. Yeah, I think that's... Also, yeah, yeah. That's great because a lot of runners get so caught up in their most recent performance, even yeah. when a week or two uh, before that they had a fantastic result. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and they define themselves on that recent performance, even though they're they're fit, but just for one reason or another, things didn't click that day. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also just like being mindful in everything you do and, um, you know, like just kind of listening to your thoughts, but also like shifting them back in the direction of positive um, thinking too is important because we all get carried away. We always want to go negative, but if you just kind of shift it to positive, um, that definitely helps too. With uh, mindfulness, you said um, earlier in the podcast that you've really um, still um, working your way through that and getting better um in that aspect of your of your life um what 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 areas do you still find that you fall down with um in, in that area and and uh what what seems to work um when 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 you um use mindfulness like what strategies yeah i think like when i first did my honors and i like it was a bit of a you know buzzfeed word like mindfulness like i was trying to sit down in a chair every day and like meditate for 10 minutes and I thought that would like fix all my problems, you know. Um, but really like sitting down in a chair was like um, another thing to like tick off my list and I didn't really need that. And um, for me, it was just realizing that I don't need to be sitting in a chair to be like mindful. Like I just can be like, you know, chopping up sweet potatoes and like just kind of like thinking about what I'm doing or on a run. I'm like listening to um, the birds around me or like looking at people who are like walking in the park, um, you know, just brushing your teeth, just being aware of like where your mind's going. So it's, it's I think for me, it's just, um, being more present in the moment on like a daily basis um, and as I said because I'm a person that likes to go 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 just kind of like being in the moment and um, I'm trying not to think about okay what's next what's next or dwell on what happened and just be yeah, be more um, invested in the present moment um, it's, it's what I it's what, what I'm trying to do more of I'm not trying to sit in my chair more and like close my eyes and meditate because 
I don't really think that's necessarily the way it works for everyone. You're also um, qualified as a personal trainer and uh, you practice yoga regularly. Um, those uh, sort of um, sort of extra routines that you have on top of your running, like how, how important have they been in your career so far? Um, why do you practice them? Yeah, so yeah, the a PT one is um, I kind of couldn't go to America. I wasn't going to America for like nine months after I graduated from school. And so I just um, decided to do um, a personal training course um, because I didn't know, I was really into like fitness and um, like health and stuff and it kind of made sense at the time. And I like some of my friends, I was kind of like, just like casually kind of helping them like, you know, train a little bit or try and lose weight, whatever it was. Um, but that was really helpful because I'd never really done any strength training. And so like actually um, doing the personal training course, like I learned like why, you know, why you do things and like just basic things. Um, it really, it's not a very long course, so you don't learn all that much. Um, but it helped me have like a solid foundation to go on. And then when I went to America, like I had more of an understanding of like why I was doing the things I was doing and like what the, what they were actually for. Um, so I find that important. And I'm going to start working with a new strength coach soon. But I do all my gym from home, just in like a little home gym. Um, and um, I make it up myself. So um, it's not necessarily the best thing to do, um, but it's what I've got and it's what I work with. Um, and I think it is helpful to like be able to be a bit more self-directed, not rely on people all the time to have to like tell you what to do. So that's good. And then, yeah, yoga, I think is um, um, a good way to stretch, stretch your body and make sure um, you're aware of um, parts of your body that might need a little more, a little more work because um, you really start to, you know, see where you're tight when you start getting into some poses and try and stretch. Um, but also it's just an opportunity for me to slow down and uh, not think and not talk for half an hour or so. so <laughs> when, I in, when, I was, yeah, when I was in America, I did, I did, I did a class every um, every Sunday at a beautiful little studio that I loved in Seattle. Uh, but since then, I just do like home home yoga routines that are pretty like basic. Yeah. Nice. Um, and I've got two more, Izzy, because um, I'm wary of taking up so much of your time no, today. Yeah. Oh, good. I've, yeah. got, I've got nothing on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, prior to some of the best performances in your running career so far, so whether it was your recent Zatapec race or um, your breakthrough at um, NCAA um, 10,000 metres where you came third, um, some of those biggest performances in your career, what do you reckon um, you got right in the lead up? Is there some common commonality between those performances and, and uh, when you look back on them, what do you think... Um, you got right um independent like just individually like what what seems to work for you when you perform well yeah I, I tend to think about confidence and um when i like my last season in america like i was just so confident and i think that does have a lot to do with marisa like believing in me and me believing myself more um and kind of just um all of that stuff but yeah like i was just way more confident like i get to start line and be like like let's do this like i was excited i was like let's see the Cardi B in the warm up. Like, you know, like I was just, I was just feeling myself. Like I felt, I just felt like, you know, I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And um, yeah, I was just really confident in my abilities. And um, yeah, I get to start like very confident and be, you know, make decisive, assertive moves in the races. And that was something kind of like new, I guess, in, in that time period. And I have to say, coming back to America, um, after being injured for like six months with my last calcaneus stress fracture, like I lost a lot of confidence and like, I thought about quitting running um, at the end of 2019 because I got like a rescan um, four months after 
breaking my foot and it was it was still broken and like it was just a terrible time like just being like when is this ever going to heal um and yeah I really thought about not running competitively anymore and I'm, I'm glad I kept at it um but yeah I lost a bit of confidence and even like racing back in Australia like um these two last races Launceston and Zadipec like I've never run in against these girls before so it's a whole new thing when I have to like relearn my confidence uh, but I did gain some confidence over the winter season um when I won like the road 10k here and you know I was defeating Jess and you know and, and you know you know I was I got more confident from doing those races too but yeah I did, did lose it a little bit um along the way but yeah just showed up to those races being confident being sure of myself and um telling myself that I belonged on the start line and I was just as good as anyone else there um and also just being very grateful people might have seen me in the live stream or um at Zadipec like I was smiling like an absolute freak halfway <laughs> through the race <laughs> but I was just thinking like I was running along and um for four years in a row I wanted to do Zadipec and I watched it twice from the sidelines in a booth when I was there to watch Riley and twice um from home um just injured like coming back from injury or whatever um and so yeah like I've missed four years in a row because I was injured every year and I was just like oh my gosh I'm finally in this race I'm finally running and like I feel good like this is awesome <laughs> so yeah I think just being grateful too is um is a good one too be remember how grateful you are to be doing what you're doing um all of that kind of negativity and um nerves really fall away what thing what what do you think got you through that really hard time um with the stress fractures um and all the time that you've had out between 2017 and 2019 and all those missed adapex um what do you think got you through it like what what were some um great um strategies that you pulled upon to sort of get you through and i mean riley's been uh pretty injury prone throughout his early career um but even he seems to be getting on top of it um, now, which, um, you know, touch wood, like it's, it's great yeah. to see. Um, but what, like he would have, he'd have some great strategies too, I'd guess. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he'd had some pretty nasty injuries, but I don't think he'd been out for like, for as long as me, but he'd had like quite, like just as many or even more, um, just setbacks for like six weeks for not running, eight weeks for not running or, you know, whatever. And he'd come back and run PDs and, um, yeah, I would have never really known how to like cross train properly if it hadn't been for him. So that, that's been, that was really helpful. Like my first big injury, I didn't run for three or four months. Um, I came back and then like three months later, not even, I broke 16 for the first time. I like, ran 1648 or something, ran 417, 1500. Like, so, um, yeah, having him to kind of, um, believe in me, but also help me see that, um, I didn't have to be running 140 Ks a week to be a good runner um was also pretty um pretty helpful um but yeah i don't know about getting through those hard times like um you know when i first did my i broke four bones in my foot um mid race and middle of winter crutching around campus on um in the snow and living alone like there were some really tough times where i was like pretty uh, down and depressed and um not sure why i was doing it and um i guess those you know you come out of those um experiences and nothing's ever as hard like no workout no race will ever be as hard as those times um and so i just feel like i'm stronger for it and it's definitely my personality to keep going and, and not give up and um you know not not throw the towel in before it's before it's over so um i always knew i'd get back and i always knew i'd be good um i just took the took everyone else a few years to to see it <laughs> I, I saw it in myself for a while um but yeah i'm, I'm really pleased that it's, it's come to fruition um, eventually, because it has been a lot of hard work and, and hard years, um, 
you know, in the making for me. Um, and then la- last question, you've had a few coaches um, in your career so far. Um, I'd like to just like, yeah, just in like one or two points, like what, what are some of the greatest learnings that you've learned from each one of them? So what about Adam Didick? Yeah, I mean, Adam um, is a great coach and has a great uh, record, um, you know, being the Olympic uh, distance coach and all of those things. He's very organized and he he really um, knows how to handle everything that's going on um, off the track as well. Um, and he, he instilled a lot of belief in me as a runner as well. So I'd, I'd have to um, give him, um, th- you know, that as well. Um, but... Yeah, I think um, I learned a lot from training with Jess and from seeing how she operates and seeing, seeing you know, what it takes to be at that level, um, what it takes to come back to that level after a baby as well. Um, but yeah, um, Adam was a great mentor for me. Um, even while I was in college, um, we spoke pretty regularly um, from time to time just because he was, when I come back to Adelaide, I jump in with the group a bit and um yeah, so I, I, yes, I really thank him for all the work that he did with me and, and the belief he instilled in myself as well. Uh, Riley Cox. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a tough one. No, he's very good. He, um, he knows me better than anyone else, so I can't hide from him. And um, I think he's very good at playing the long game and being like, um, yeah, it's great that you feel good today, Izzy, but like, you don't want to be like tired in a month's time when you have to race again like so he really keeps me in check in that sense and I really respect that because um it's hard you want to when someone's running well you you just want to let them you know go and and run more and run harder and be better but he's really good about thinking okay that's great but like where are we going to be in a month or two months or next year and um yeah he's really good at playing the long game and just um I I really love um the way rally coaches not just me, but the 110 runners that we've got in the group, um, because he's all about making people um, enjoy it and do it for themselves. And he's very much um, a coach that is thinking, um, you know, what's the athlete's goal and I'll help them get there. I'm not going to tell them what their goals are because that's silly. Um, you know, what's your goal? And we'll work towards that. So I really commend him for that because um, uh, he, he wants people to be as independent and self-directed as they can um w- you know with his help he'll never tell someone no you can't do that or um, i think you should do this he- he'll give his advice but um he understands that it's really the athlete's journey and as a coach you're just there to, to really kind of um help them on that path uh your first uh coach at washington greg metcalf yeah he's a funny one i, I got a love-hate relationship with him i'd say um he yeah <laughs> he's just like typical American like Riley can do the best impersonation of his voice but he's like oh my goodness like it's so fair um, when, when Riley came over like he was just obsessed with Riley because Riley's just like so fit looking and like he's tan and like chiseled and like he's like well my guys look like this and it's like oh, okay okay but um, yeah no he's he's a, he's a funny guy he's um he's good and uh, I, I wish him all the best but he probably wasn't um, the best person to be in a coaching role in that sense like He's, he's a really chatty, funny guy. Um, I'm not sure what I can say as a, as a good coach because he, he, he probably, probably shouldn't be in that position. But, um, yeah, it was a good learning experience. And I learned that um, you should never let anyone kind of um, tell you how you should run or how you should 
be the person uh, and that it's very much like your journey and um, yeah so that's what I probably took away from from that as well but you know he believed in me he gave me a full scholarship when I probably didn't quite um, like deserve it at the times I'd, I'd previously run so I, I really I do thank him for getting me to Washington and um, I think he's he'd be pretty proud of how I ended up um, as a runner in the end even if it wasn't him who kind of um, who kind of was the coach at the end of the day he uh, he still helped me get there and the pals yeah, oh, so much to say, so many good things to say. Yeah, I think I just learned from them that like environment and culture is everything. Um, and if you create a good um, environment, people will flourish and they will they will be the best versions of themselves. Um, yeah, instilling confidence in people, um, giving them belief and really um, setting them up, um, you know, not just to be uh, good runners, but good people. Um, you know, really caring about how they're doing at school, how, they, how they're feeling, you know what's going on in their living situation like as a as a college coach you really have to actually know about those things because um you're more than just a coach you're essentially like a like a parent like a like an aunt or an uncle um uh, because these are these are sometimes 18 year old girls who are living out of home for the first time and they need more than just someone telling them how fast they should run for a workout they need someone to like ask them how they are and make sure they're going okay and they're getting their homework done so it's a very different situation and, and it was different for me as a 22 year old um, in that in that role, I was a bit more independent. Um, I had a bit of a different relationship with them, but yeah, all about environment and culture um, is what I learned from them. Well, Izzy, like I've had absolute ball chatting you, to you today yeah, and getting to know you. Um, like I think you're already such a big role model for so many youngsters um, in this sport, and um, you're more than running. And I think the. Uh, yeah, I think you um, are a really, really good advocate to that balanced life. And um, yeah, I, I think um, a lot of people will um, love the chat that we've had today and, and uh, learn a lot from it. Um, yeah, it, to finish up the, the chat, um, where else can um, people find more about you on the socials, whether they're interested to uh, follow, follow up about coaching or um, yeah. yeah, just to follow you on Instagram? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's Izzy Batdoyle, I-Z-Z-I-B-A-T-D-D-O-Y-L-E um, on Instagram. And then um, our business is Run As One Coaching on Instagram. We've got a website, which is www.runnersone.com.au. Um, and then I'm also on Strava. I share everything on Strava. So if you want to follow me on Strava, see what I'm doing, um, I will share share it all there. So follow along, um, see see what I'm doing on the, on the track and on the, on the roads and trails. Well, thanks so much, Izzy. Um, you, you're certainly um, destined for big things um, and, you know, you're already achieving great things in the running world and, and off the track as well. Um, so, yeah, thanks for agreeing to have thank a chat so today. Much. No, thank you for having me on. It's really it's a pleasure.